How should the Dallas Cowboys feel about their offensive tackles heading into the 2022 season? All that and more this episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Locked Network, your on. team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We want to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. And today's episode is brought to you by Blue Nile. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Locked On Cowboys listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. I am Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. He is Landon McCool. Check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, how are you doing today, sir? Doing good. Uh, you know, we are marching closer and closer to mini camp. We're going to get some more Cowboys information this week, which is exciting. Uh, but until then, we're still kind of continuing our, our march through the position groups and kind of discussing the Cowboys roster, and I'm excited to do that. Yeah, so today we're going to talk about the Cowboys' offensive tackles, and this is a really important position for the Cowboys this year. And I think, frankly, you're going to know a lot about this team based on how the offensive tackles play. So let's do a deep dive on uh, the top four or five names on this list. And let's start with Tyron Smith. Landon, here's my question for you. Can we trust Tyron Smith to still be an elite tackle in 2022? Because we know he's going to miss some time. He does it every year. Uh, but I think there were some concerns with the way that he played in the playoff game that we might be teetering close to him being only a very good tackle rather than elite tackle. But what do you expect from him in 2022? Well, I mean, I, I'm sure folks will remember that you know, near the end of the year last year, Tyron was dealing with an ankle injury uh, that that everyone was doing their best to try to say was not a high ankle sprain. Um, and and I think that, yeah, after COVID as well and, and several different situations, uh, I, I will say that I think the some positive news about, you know, Tyron Smith moving forward is that, you know, he had the back surgery and then he didn't have any of those similar issues and that are the normal issues that are kind of keeping him out of, of games, uh, you know, every single season. So, uh, you know, the, the, the ankle sprain was one thing. The COVID situation was another. Um, I, I still have hope that, you know, that he can come in and give you very good snaps when he's healthy and when he's right, he still seems to be a, an elite tackle. Um, I, I think that, you know, I, we have some bad taste in our mouth because of the way things ended last year. Uh, but I do believe that if, you know, when he's able to be on the field, that he's still incredibly reliable and still a, a very, very valuable piece of this team. Um, and, 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 a, and a piece that shouldn't just be you know thrown to the side because unfortunately you know, he's missing a couple of games every single year. Yeah. I, I still think, man, it's worth having Tyron out there and paying Tyron what you are despite him probably going to miss three, four games because in those other 12, 13, 14 games, you're getting a dominant player. And is there going to be a moment or two where he has a bad game? Sure. But I think for the most part, this is still a really, really good left tackle. Layden. Like I, There's so many teams that would love to have Tyron Smith for 11 games, 12 games, yeah. and then replacement offensive tackle play. Like they would just, they would be, uh, they would love that, right? Absolutely. I mean, there would be tons of teams. It's the champagne problems that the Cowboys have with Tyron Smith. You know, it's you know, when, he, when he misses time, you miss him because he's so good. And, and let's not lose sight of the fact that that's the reason that we're sad when we miss him is that he's good. 
when he plays well, he's he he does the job. He's effective. He's an effective pass protector. He moves people off the ball in the run game. Um, you know, he's still he's still Tyron Smith for all intents and purposes. It's just you know we didn't get a full season of it last year like we haven't in the last several. Um, but I do think that this actually. You know, this was actually an up year for for Tyron Smith. I think it, it to me it showed that that you know he's he's still got a little bit left. If he could find a way to kind of avoid mm-hmm. some of the nick and bruise stuff, uh, the ankle sprains, and then obviously the COVID situation, if he was able to play and, and get past, you know, avoid that doing that, you, you didn't see the the issues with the back, you didn't see the issues with the neck yes. that you had in previous years, and that's incredibly encouraging for a guy that had dealt with that for all those years previously. How many left tackles in the league do you think are being paid more than Tyron Smith right now? Oh, man. I know the number, I mean, actually. You do? Okay. I wouldn't even be surprised if there were teams that had multiple players that played left tackle that were being paid more than left than Tyron Smith. Um, I'm going to say 16. 19 uh, left yeah. tackles in the wow. NFL are being paid more than Tyron Smith. Here is the list of... Of guys that are being paid less than Tyron. It's almost all rookies, like second and third round guys that are starting. Uh, a couple first round picks, but the list also includes <clears throat> Cam Irving for the Panthers. Connor Williams wow. isn't a left tackle for Miami, but over the cap, list him as a uh, left tackle. He's getting paid about the same amount. Chris Hubbard, who is a swing tackle for Cleveland. Jamarco uh, Jones, who is a swing tackle for the Titans. Like, that's why I, I I want people to kind of look at this and be like, it's okay if Tyron misses three, four, five games because he is still a massive, massive value on the salary cap for you. I, I mean, I, I've been saying it for years. The Tyron Smith contract is the best contract in football. Like, and it's it probably isn't really that close. Uh, and you know, for all the talk that we have about some of the uh, contract mismanagement here and and there. Having a left, an elite left tackle on on the contract that the Cowboys have had has covered up a lot of issues, mm-hmm. and, uh, and and it, it certainly is a, a benefit that the Cowboys have gotten full use out of these last few years. Well, just take somebody like I don't know Orlando Brown, who I think is a very very good offensive tackle. Right, he's getting paid, I think it's twenty three million dollars this year on the franchise tag. I mean, it's double what Tyron's getting. And I don't even think he's close to the player that Tyron is when he's healthy. It, it, no. You're right. That's why we can complain about some of the other Cowboys contracts and stuff. But when you have such a massive value at left tackle, and frankly, right guard as well, and right tackle when we're going to talk about Terrence Steele in a little bit, it can cover up for a lot. Uh, I do want to talk about Terrence Steele because he's one of the more fascinating players on this team going into year three. But before we do that, I want to tell you guys about Blue Nile. Whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone mi- moment, find jewelry that is unique as her with their modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. Blue Nile has simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as setting style. Blue Nile will then handcraft a perfect engagement ring with each ring being one of a kind. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com and Lockdown Cowboys listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement. All you have to do is use promo code LOCKDOWN. That is promo code LOCKDOWN. Uh, when you went and picked out your uh, engagement ring for your wife, how clueless were you? Were you as bad as I was? 
you know, look, I, I, I actually had a, a family heirloom that I was transferring. It was basically <sighs> putting into a setting. All I had to do was put it into a setting. And just the setting part took me months, like it took months to figure out. It's yeah, I, I was I had no idea what I was looking at. I had no idea what what is considered good. I just knew that I, I was uh, I was I, I just was certain I was going to be embarrassed. Uh, and then she was going to look at it sideways as soon as she saw it. So, uh, yeah, there was a lot of fear in my in my yeah, heart. At I've, that point. I've shopped a lot. I have no idea what I was looking for. I, I <laughs> got very, very lucky. Uh, all right. Let's uh, let's talk about Terrence Steele. Made a massive leap in year two. Um, <laughs> big enough that the Cowboys felt comfortable cutting Lyle Collins. What do you expect from Terrence Steele here in year three? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's worth pointing out that Lale, you know, certainly did himself no favors, I think. Uh, the the situation with the hip was one thing, and, and the kind of timeline of, of rehabbing that and then dealing with COVID was terrible. All that was was not good, but it was forgivable. Yep. But then, you know, the 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 bribery stuff with the with the drug testers is, and 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 it's just was a lot. And I think when you compared the fact that you felt like Terrence Steele was an ascending player that you really liked. You liked his efforts. Um, you know, I think he came into the league, got thrown to the fire uh, during that terrible season with, with uh, two years ago um, and played terribly. I mean, just played, I mean, not, I mean, not unexpectedly uh, just because he was an undrafted free agent yeah. tools player that they just threw out there into the fire and, 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 and he played, uh, you know, expectedly awful uh goes into his his next year he easily could have just been like man this isn't it for me i i i don't know that i could do this you know but what he did is it said is that he he got with duke merriweather and he got into the lab and he incredibly improved himself in a way that was uh, uh, a really shocking to see and frankly I mean, literally shocking for us when 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 we got his first start off the other side. Mm-hmm. He won an offseason award uh, for being basically living inside the facility the whole time. So clearly, he got bigger and stronger, and that had an effect, especially in the run game. You saw this last year; very effective run blocker on the, at the right tackle spot. His pass protection improved significantly as well as his technique improved. He has the tools. He's got long, crazy long arm. He's a very good athlete. Um, so you know, once. I mean, again, kind of to the benefit of the Cowboys in a way that it's hard to describe. Suddenly, you know, overnight you've grown and he's grown himself into a starting right tackle on an undrafted free agent contract. Um, and, and a guy that made you comfortable enough with his play that you felt like uh, you could do something with Lyle Collins who you, you just felt like you couldn't yep. trust anymore to consistently stay on the field, whether it was injury or due to off-field stuff. So – uh, I, I mean, the story of Terrence Steele is is very, very uh, unique, I would say, uh, and really, really impressive uh, in, in the sense that he basically worked himself into the starting spot and stole a brass ring from a guy that was a, uh, you know, a, a considered to be a, a foundation piece on this team uh, and, and then quickly kind of lost his standing and, and gave up his spot to Terrence Steele. Yeah, I just wanted to double check this, but. So last year, Terrence Steele played 900 total snaps. 550 of those came at right tackle. He played a lot more left tackle than I remember. Almost 400 yeah, snaps at left tackle. Um, according to Pro Football Reference, he gave up two quarterback hits all season long when playing right tackle. Did not allow a sack. I mean, he was really, really good at right tackle. At the left side, I think he still really struggled. I, I, I 
I think he's a very below average left tackle. But the right side, he seems to be pretty good. And you would assume the more that he plays, because again, 500 snaps last year seems like a lot, but that's really like half a season. Yeah. If you give him an entire season, an entire offseason where he knows he's going to be the right tackle, I don't want to expect the jump like we saw last year, but I, I think there's still a lot of room for, for improvement for him. I don't think it's unexpected. I mean, un, I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility that he could take a similar jump. I mean, you know, I, I think, I think a lot of times what happens with these young players is, especially when they get kind of thrown to the fire early, it's a sink or swim situation, right? Some players take those snaps and are able to convert that, into you know positive momentum for their team for play right they're able to look at those snaps that they had they're able to go into go into the film room discover their weaknesses because they've got actual real world experience now and that tape gives them context to their play with the rest of the league they're able to take that information uh work on their weaknesses and then improve themselves to the point where they can you know become better players you know starters become pro bowlers pro bowlers become all pros that sort of thing if, if Terrence Steele can kind of continue that effort and that can continue that conversion of, of taking, you know, the knowledge of, of the experience that he had the last two seasons and can, you know, working on his weaknesses and converting that into positive momentum. I mean, he has the tools to, like I said, to be a very good right tackle. It was never, ever about that. It was always ever about yep. uh, experience and technique. And, and, and if his, if he could take another leap like he did previously, I mean, he could be a very, very good right tackle for this team and very cheap for at least, you know, for the immediate future and for a while uh, and, a, and a really great step in solution at right tackle. Do you think he has a chance to be better than Lyle Collins this year? Because I think that's the, what everybody wants to know, because when you're when you're cutting somebody as proven as Lyle, even even though he's not the most reliable person, when you get into a big game, can we trust him as much as the Cowboys did with Lyle? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that he could get there. I mean, he I think he was certainly within arm's reach last year at different points. I think Lael Collins was just better, you know, with more experience, especially as a pass protector. He was a little bit better as a pass protector. And, and again, I, I think it's hard for us at times, and I know it's hard for me, uh, it's hard for me to parse his right tackle snaps from his left tackle snaps. You know, I think it's yeah. – I, I, I view my opinion of him – kind of as a collective of my thoughts on, on how he plays tackle. So I, I think, I think I would probably, you know, I would, I generally feel like he's a better right tackle as well. I, I think clearly some of the PFF numbers prove that out. Um, uh, but I, I also think that, you know, it, like I said, it, if I went back and watched only his right tackle snaps, I would feel even better about him, you know, coming in and 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 taking that spot away from Lyle Collins. I think some of my hesitancy or any of the hesitancy I've have are based on his snaps at left tackle. And it's not like he was terrible at left tackle last year. Certainly compared to the year before, he was much better. Uh, but it certainly, I don't think, was as good as the snaps as he took at the right side. Yeah, of his five worst games last year, according to to PFF, four of them came at left tackle. Yeah. I mean, he's just not a left tackle in the NFL, right? He's a right tackle. And you look at this, his all of his starts at right tackle, all of them hit that kind of line which you want to see at least an average tackle. So I think there's a, a lot to be excited about here. Um, I want to ask you about Josh Ball, who has been backing up 
Terrence Steele at right tackle. This is a guy the Cowboys took on day three in the 2021 draft. He's got a lot of talent. Uh, there was some serious off-the-field issues. We didn't see him. I don't think he played a single preseason game last year. We didn't see him much in training camp. What are the expectations for Josh Ball entering year two? No, I saw a little bit of him in training camp. Not much, though. I mean, just basically in practices. No preseason games, if I remember. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, I mean, really the only note that we've gotten from him so far through OTAs and everything is that basically he's playing on the right side almost exclusively. Um, and that he's, uh, he, I think he tests tickets to the left-hand side, but they are really trying to work these guys as left-side and right-side, you know, players. Uh, and then he got into, yep. Yeah, and then he got into a, a fist fight with uh, John Ridgway. So, I mean, outside of that, we haven't heard a ton about where he is or about where his improvement is. So he's really one of these guys here. He's the guy, I think, with the, the largest amount of unknown, I would say. I mean, yeah. even with well, let's go. We watched him at the Senior Bowl recently. I mean, you know, there was at least some kind of something there. Josh Ball goes from Florida, gets kicked out of Florida State for his off-field issue, goes to is a Marshall. Uh, Marshall, yeah, I was gonna say it's yeah. Ohio. I thought, that, uh, and 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 you know, kind of has a as a storied career there. He plays really well there, but it's still just just a ton of unknown for for our level of folks, right? You know, for the yeah. Cowboys, I think they probably have a good. Uh, a handle on exactly where ball is and at, at this point in his career. But for us, you know, seeing him in training camp will be kind of our first real look at him again, you know, because we kind of missed an opportunity last year as he was injured and dealing with a bunch of different stuff, you know, all throughout training camp. Yeah. He's one of the one, one of the players that I'm really looking forward to seeing in training camp and preseason because Mike McCarthy has said some good things about him in press conference about how he's been, in the weight room a ton. He's kind of reshaping his body. He's an important piece because we know, like we just mentioned with Tyron Smith, he's going to miss, miss three, four, five games. You need to have somebody else that's in there ready to go. Um, and if Terrence Steele struggles or if you need somebody to take over on the right side, if Terrence Steele goes down, Josh Ball is going to play an important role for this team. And it's a little scary considering we haven't seen him take a snap in the NFL and he's basically locked into being the, the swing tackle. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's, him and Waletsko both are just these super tall, stretched out, you know, uh, uh, kind of undersized tackles, right? I mean, undersized in the weight department, not certainly not in the height department. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. And, and so I, I think that you know, a year in the in the in the weight room, you hope will have put on some weight with him. He just, I mean, the times that you did see him last year, it was it felt like he just didn't have enough sand in his pants, you know, and, and, and he wasn't quite strong enough to pair with his playing style. So the thought, the hope is that he took a year to get his body into a, a, a better spot to kind of play with his playing style. Uh, and that that's, you know, going to show up in, in training camp this year. So I'm, I'm excited to see exactly what he looks like and then excited to see him kind of in action to see where he is. All right, let's take one more quick break so we can tell you guys about BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including this year's NBA Finals, the NHL Finals. We've got Major League Baseball going on right now, UFC, MMA. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action Bet online where the game starts. 
All right, a couple more players to run through really quickly, and then I got a question for you at the end. Uh, we've talked about Matt Woletsko a lot in this uh, podcast between um, after he was drafted, kind of doing our a big deep dive into all the Cowboys picks. But what is a realistic goal for him this year? Like if his rookie season goes to plan, what would that look like? I mean, it sure feels like they're trying to develop him into, you know, a single side backup. You know, it seems like in general that they're trying to develop both of these tackles as kind of, you know, they've moved them a little bit back and forth, but it sounds like they're really trying to get him to stick to one side and have them be the kind of designated backup for that side, right? Um, so, and, you know, they really like what let's go. I mean, and, and I, not that I don't, and, you know, I know you, you do too is, but it's just shocking. I think even you liking him, I mean, I would, I don't want him to play at all this year. Like that's, that's exactly that, that's my the point. Best, it, it, that's to me, that's the optimal thing is he doesn't take a single snap in the regular season. And I agree. And I guess where I'm a little nervous is that they certainly aren't putting him into a situation where he. The situation as it stands right now doesn't look like a situation where a guy who's not going to play a single snap this year. It, you know, it feels like, a little Terrence Steele-like to me, right? Where, hey, we're just going to give this guy a bunch of reps in training camp at the preseason. And listen, if we need to take our lumps with him at the season playing left tackle, we're okay doing that. But I got to tell you, uh, it could, uh, but it's hard for me to argue against it at this point. Right. Like, uh, you know, like as much as we complained about Terrence Steele and there is lots to complain about it, uh, it clearly had a very positive effect on Terrence Steele's play. Sure. Um, well, let's go as a higher pedigreed player than Steele in the sense that he's, you know, more of an athlete, more of a uh, he's bigger. Uh, you know, yeah. Yeah. More of a got of a frame that's kind of, you know, along those lines. I, I think that, you know, he has athleticism that is on par with Steele's, but I mean the, the the jump in competition is is immense, and it's it's a lot more immense than what Terrence Steele was dealing with even mm -hmm. in the Big Twelve. Um, so I, I think that you know that's the the side the thing that I have concerns about is that you know he went into the Senior Bowl and he looked good there, and I don't think he did he didn't look lost, and that certainly kind of helped his draft stock. But I don't know that that's necessarily made you comfortable with the idea that of him playing you know tackle for you at any point this year so uh yeah i i would say realistically my hope is that he doesn't have to play a single snap or has to play only a handful of snaps here and there maybe if the cowboys get in a blowout or uh, they can put him in there for a couple snaps maybe some special team stuff but i doubt he'll even be active most games uh until later in the season i i'm hoping that you know my hope is that he develops really well and he becomes a great backup this year but my realistic goal is that, you know, he needs basically a red shirt. Yeah, I've, I, I hope we don't see him because that could be, that could be rough. Uh, last one, Isaac Alicon, the, the Cowboys uh, guy, player that they had last year from Mexico. What are we expecting him from him this year? Because he was on the practice squad most of the year. Do we expect him to do anything more than that this year? You know, I don't think so. I, I, honestly, like, I think for for a guy like Alakon, you know, he has this he has this uh, roster exemption, which is basically like a free spot on your team. For the Cowboys, the benefit is, hey, I got another guy on this team. It doesn't matter if he develops or not. Like he's just another guy that we've got on this team to plug in, who knows our system, help facilitate practice, you know, help help get us through stuff. If, if disaster strikes. And we have to get somebody in there. Here, here's someone who knows our, our team. They've moved him back and forth from 
tackled a guard and, and they've kind of, you know, just been trying him out at different spots. But, you know, Isaac is kind of perpetually a year away from being a year away. Um, I mean, that's, that's nothing. That's not a, that's not a comment on him at all. I mean, he comes, I mean, I mean you want to talk about low level of competition, a competition yeah. jump. I mean, well, let's go ahead and got nothing on Isaac Alicon. I mean, he's coming a long, long way. Sure. And, and so, um, and I, and I'm not suggesting that he won't ever get there. Like it's, that's not the case at all. It's just, cause I think he has physical tools and he has the skill sets. Like, he has a little bit of power to his developed. game. Yep. Absolutely. I just think he's got a lot, a long way to go to learn about the game before he's ready to, to play. And the good news for the Cowboys and the good news for Isaac is that, you know, he's not under the gun like a lot of these other guys. Like he's not constantly having to look out for the Turk because yeah. he has a roster exemption that allows him to continue to play on the team, like without costing the Cowboys anything, without costing himself anything. Yeah. So if they get anything out of Isaac, uh, it's a real benefit. I mean, it's just a real bonus. At the same time, you know, they have this kind of free player on their roster. I mean, he would have to really be have really have gotten very good for them to want to turn around and give up that free roster spot. Well, right. So, so I, I looked into this today. So he he had a two year roster exemption um, for the 2020 2021 season. So it's actually up now. Oh, um, it is up. Okay, but, so this is it last year. At the same time, the the league has expanded the practice squads to sixteen, right? And that's that's where he's going to land. He's going to be on the practice squad this year because he's a he's a twenty three year old offensive tackle that probably not a lot of teams are going to be all that interested in bringing in to put on their fifty three man roster. Yeah, but we'll see. He's only twenty three. I mean, we we've seen players make leaps before at that age, so. I don't want to count him out, but I, I also don't think the Cowboys are expecting him to be a top four offensive tackle yeah. for them, right? You can't rely on him no. to be like that. No. I mean, that would be a, a, a mistake. But but if he can be if he could be better this year and he could be better in the preseason and better at giving, you know, some of the down the roster defensive ends more of a fight in practice, that's a win for the Cowboys, right? And I think that's probably how they're viewing it. Last question. For, uh, for you before we move on. Do you think the Cowboys need to invest in a swing tackle in free agency? There are some players out there. There's some veteran names, including Daryl Williams, Eric Fisher, Brian Balaga, Dwayne Brown, although I think Dwayne Brown probably wants uh, more money. money. There's yeah. Jason Peters, um, Marcus Cannon, Cam Fleming. Oh, geez. Uh, but are any of those guys interesting to you at all to bring in to compete for the swing tackle spot? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think, uh, honestly, I, I think that it, all those guys sound somewhat interesting. I, I think I would say this though: swing tackle is absolutely one of the last positions I would sign. You know, like I, I, I would let this entire roster have their all the training camp, all the preseason games. This, this group. I mean, you talk about like just go through the list, man. Uh, Ball, well, let's go. Al Cron. I mean, even guys like some of these guys, like Avante Collins that they yep. signed, right? Yep. These are all younger guys who have some kind of experience, right? And they just need more and more snaps to kind of see what you've got. What if well, let's go is a prodigy, you know, and 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 is good enough that you do feel confident to kind of Terrence steal him for a year, right? Sure. 
I think that there's the possibility that you get to the end of the of training camp and you like enough of what you've seen out of ball and well, let's go that you, uh, you don't even deal with like a, a swing tackle until you need him, Right. Like until, until it becomes well, a long-term, a long-term problem. Cause look, you just listed all those guys. Do you think, let me ask you, turn this around before you, you go. Do you think that all those guys are getting signed off the street before week one? Because no, I don't. No. Like I think they'll that some of these guys will be available throughout the season. So they may just want to go into the season with the guys they've got, not guarantee one of these vets a contract, yeah. and then just sign them as they need them. And it probably depends on how it plays out, right? Like now, if Terrence Steele were to get hurt, like we hope that never happens. Like in minicamp, would the Cowboys reach out to somebody now? Maybe. But I I agree. There's no reason to rush out and sign a Brian Balaga in June. Right now, if we get to the end of August and you're a little bit worried about the development of well, let's go on ball, that's when you go out and sign him. And in fact, I, I've got a feeling that Mike McCarthy and Joe Philbin have one or two names out there like break glass for. Maybe it's, I don't know, Cam Flanagan. Yeah. Maybe it's yeah, Nick exactly. Solder. They've, they got names in the back of it. They've got Rolodex guys, right? There's they know just, what shape they're in. Yeah. There's no need to do that right now. And there's certainly no need to, to spend money on that because you want to see what Josh Ball and well, let's go do because yeah, exactly. if those guys are even close to like what a Brian Balaga could give you, that's it's so much more valuable having that guy in a rookie contract. So th- I think this is a conversation that we need to have after the three preseason games and after training camp. It will know yes. one way or the other, right? Yeah, and I and, I, and honestly, uh, and honestly, I don't think that we'll even have like a hard answer there. You know, like I think we may have an answer. Like if they play well, well enough that you know that you're not necessarily going to go out and sign a, a vet swing tackle, we might have our answer there. But, but I don't think that, you know, we'll know for sure what the long-term solution is of the swing tackle spot, you know, maybe until we need it, you know, maybe exactly. until like, you know, someone gets hurt and it's like, okay, uh, you know, we, well, let's go got us through that game. But it looks like uh, Steele's going to be out for you know four weeks or something. We may need to bring in exactly for you know, or so that, like, it's more like or the, yeah or Balaga, Eric Fisher. So I, that's when not, you're going to not, not 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 Fleming. Okay, I got I, I, I caught your hand. Yeah, for not sure. not Cam Fleming. I'd rather yeah. bring back Chaz Green, uh, <laughs> who's still on a Steelers roster, by the way. That's right. um, yeah, so I I think this is going to be a fun group to watch because I want to see what what Tyron still looks like in training camp. I don't think we'll see him play in the preseason. I want to see what no. Terrence, Terrence Steele looks like going into year three, and then obviously the two the two young kids and Josh Ball and Waletsko. It's a, it's going to be a fun group to follow uh, during the rest of the offseason. But that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for making Locked On Cowboys your first listen of the day. Uh, Now make your second listen to Locked On NFL Podcast. Our national NFL experts and insiders keep fans dialed in with the biggest stories and the latest news from around the league because an offseason doesn't equal a break in the action. Follow Locked On NFL every day in the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. All the same places that you get the Locked On Cowboys podcast. We'll be back tomorrow answering your Twitter questions, so make sure you send them to us at Cowboys on Twitter. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB. I am at Marcus underscore Mosier. We'll see you guys next time. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On. Locked On. Locked On. Locked On. Cowboys.